Welcome to Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from Commando.com with a K. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. The gang is all here. Kim, Ali, Ben, I'm Mike. And on today's show, we've got a deep dive topic for you where we're going to talk about Mac versus PC because it's always a heated debate. And we've got a new scam to tell you about on Instagram. So what you need to watch out for coming up. We'll start the news. Here's Kim. Well, I ran across this story at the Washington Post. It was this little tiny story that didn't get a lot of traction. And it was about all these documents that researchers found from the Georgetown School of Law. I know it sounds kind of boring, but just listen to this. What they found is that the U.S. government, yes, our government is buying, in their words, hundreds of millions of phone, water, electricity, and other utility records while pursuing immigration violations. So, that smart device that you have, that smart speaker, that smart television, whatever you may have, is that it's putting out a whole bunch of data. So now U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, they're actually getting that data. But it brings up a really big point is that big tech makes its money by what? Collecting and selling data, right? Well, now, did you ever think that the U.S. government and police departments would be actually buying that data? Now, you may say, is this legal? Well, you know, the courts are really slow to update any legal categories that comes with any type of smart devices. And you all know that this Internet of Things really should be the Internet of insecure things because you can just kind of break into anything. And then it brings up the other big question. What kind of smart devices are out there? What are some strange smart devices? Like, for example, did you know that there's a smart diaper monitor? Did you know that? Yes, I've seen it. I actually did. Brand new or not true research. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, they have one that works for adults, too. And you might be saying, you know, like, like, why do we really need this? Think about it. Two reasons. Number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's also the smart alarm clock rug. Okay, so if you hit the snooze button too many times, says so that you can, the alarm will go off, but you have to, like, get out of bed and actually stand on this rug in order for the alarm to go off. And I actually bought this for my mother um, because every Saturday I would have to go in and like wash her floors. And I didn't, you know, you can't be like the bad daughter and not do that because, you know, I'm a caregiver. So I bought her this Roomba and it's a robotic mop that goes all throughout her house. It does the whole job. It's a little slow. It's like 45 minutes. She named it Rosie. So it's Rosie instead of me actually cleaning her floors. And But it does collect a lot of data. So these are smart devices that... If, do collect a lot of data. Of course, because it's a smart mop, it has a lot of dirt on you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> so seriously, if you have smart devices, make sure that you lock them down. Make sure you do two-factor authentication. And this Washington Post story actually just brings up a really interesting point that it's not just marketing companies and advertising companies that are selling our data and buying our data. The government is doing it, too. All right. And, of course, we have, we call him the the great one, Obi-Wan. Ben Bradley, what do you got? Facebook. Once again, your data. 533 million records dumped online. I'm talking about full names. I'm talking about birthdays, locations, phone numbers. Now, that's the, that's the funny part because one of them started with an area code 650. That's a San Francisco Bay Area number belonging to none other than Mark Zuckerberg. Now, you might be thinking, okay, so Mark Zuckerberg's number turned up in this breach. Now, according to Facebook, this all happened back in 2019, so you know that he's changed it by now. 
But how often do you guys change your phone number? Never. Never. Right. Okay, I did once in the past three years because I moved. I know most people don't. And so it doesn't matter if it's this year or 2019, 2015. Chances are you probably have the same phone number. And the phone number is so important because a lot of times you use that for the two-factor authentication for that and just about any other online account that you use it. So 2019, here we are, 2021. There there are ways to check to see if your data was involved. It's actually pretty easy. If you go to commando.com, we've posted information about this, including two links where you can check to see if, one, your email address, or two, your phone number was involved. And it's really easy. Just click on these links. Sticking with Facebook, a few days before all this went down, they announced some changes that you can make to your news feed. Now, right now, Facebook pretty much chooses what they think you want to see on your news feed. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the documentary, A Social Dilemma, which is pretty scary about the algorithms. You know what, Ben? Everybody should watch The Social Dilemma. It's, it's pretty scary. Okay. I mean, it's so important that you really understand what's going on and with big tech. Mike, have you seen that? I haven't. I mean, I don't have Netflix. I'm the only person oh in America that God. doesn't. <laughs> you know what? I'll even share my password. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. They'll bust us. Well, I say these are new features, but let's just say they're easier to find features because you can already sort your news feed by most recent posts, which is one way to customize it. And then you already have this way to uh, customize it based on your favorites. So you can pick like 30 people or brands, and they're the ones who show up at the top of your feed. Well, now Facebook is just rolling out this tool that's going to show up at the top of your feed that makes it easier. You don't have to dig around the settings. So you can basically click you know, one of these tabs to open up this favorite feed or the other one for the most recent. Anyway, but it's only on Android at the moment. It'll be on iOS sometime in the next few weeks, and they haven't even said if or when it's coming to the web versions of Facebook. So, Ben and Allie and Mike, why do you think Facebook has taken a sudden interest in making it easier for us to take control of our newsfeed? I mean, are they just being like, oh, my gosh, like, like really nice people? I think it's because of the sudden interest the government has in Facebook. <laughs> oh, couldn't yeah, be I, that. Couldn't be that. I think they're kind of saying, oh, uh, well, we are being a little bit proactive. What do you think, Al? Well, and hey, if they don't control what you see, then not their fault, right? If you end up seeing all this stuff that you shouldn't. It's not just Facebook either, right? I mean, Google and some of the others, Instagram, they're all, they're all you know, taking a few well, steps Well, because a lot of folks are interested now, and it was actually big news, is that a lot of people talk about Section 230. Do you know what Section 230 is? Yep. And and basically it's it's the 26 words that control the internet. And it does a couple of things, but one thing that it does primarily is that it says that big tech isn't really liable for anything that happens on their service. But Justice Clarence Thomas came out the other day and said, "Um, I think that they should be regulated like the telecommunications industry." Whoa, because it's a communications forum which sent lawyers flying in different directions all over Silicon Valley. But anyway, I digress. Back to you, Mike. No, that's actually a really good point. I re- Did you read the Clarence Thomas thing? Yes. It was very interesting on in how he kind of brought it back to some things that have happened in the past and the regulations of the past and how uh, they, at least uh, as that body sees, you know, 
what's happening. And, and nobody can block a phone call. That, that was his whole premise. All right. Up next, do we have Allie, the commando content queen? We sure do. I don't know if you saw this headline. A Pokemon card. Remember Pokemon? No, you did not go back in time. This is not 2002. Pokemon card just sold for $311,000. Okay, how can a Pokemon card be worth $320,000? That's a great question, Kim. And that is what I went trying to figure out. So I always think for this podcast. Did you go down the rabbit hole, Allie? Oh, you know I did. (laughs) I like to figure out, okay, why is the internet talking about this? Why do we care right now? It turns out it all started with a YouTuber. This guy's name is Logan Paul. Maybe you've heard of him. He's like 26. He's got 23 million subscribers. No big deal. Back in October, he bought $200,000 worth of sealed cards. Sealed, yes. You're picturing, put those up on the shelf. Don't mess with them. They're collectibles. Well, no, he made a video unboxing these cards. So he opened them up. Eight million views later, he said, you know what? I think Pokemon cards are the next big thing. And it turned out him saying that kind of made Pokemon cards the next big thing. Uh, recently he bought $2 million worth of cards and started auctioning those off on his channel. It's not just Pokemon sports cards, trading cards, all this stuff has gone up in value like crazy all really during the pandemic. I thought this was nuts. Football cards grew in, uh, in profit by 1500%. So football cards, football, who even knew, right? You think baseball cards, but football. Yeah. My hunch is. There are so many people out there saying, man, I wish I would have gotten in on Bitcoin. I wish I would have gotten in on this. And so now they're saying, well, I've got this little piece of paper. It's the only one. How much can I sell it for? So check your guest rooms, check your garages, talk to your kids, see if you've got any old Pokemon cards laying around because you might be sitting on a bunch of money. I probably threw them away. Well, that's what annoys me about the sports cards because, yeah, you've got them going through the roof, football, baseball. And, I've, and I know when we're in my closet, I have this whole collection from like the late 80s and the early 90s when they made so many of them that even now they're not worth anything. Maybe Logan Paul could put some on his, you know. Let's send him a message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah give him a call. I'm sure for a million dollars or something he would say something. Did I just read something about eBay that they have, they're updating their app, aren't they? So that now you can take a picture of your baseball, football, Pokemon card or whatever it is and it'll tell you exactly how much it's worth based on eBay listing. I think it'll actually automatically upload it to the site, too, like as a listing if you want it to. That's a, you know, let's just make it so easy for everybody <laughs> to get into the game. I mean, and that's one of the really great equalizers of the Internet is that it doesn't matter whether you live in Peoria, Illinois, or if you live in Los Angeles or Chicago, New York, or whatever it is, is that, that you have the ability to do so many wonderful things. What do you think the percentage is of Americans who are not on the Internet? The percentage of Americans who right now have no Internet access, have no desire to have any Internet access, and they just won't get on the Internet. And I know your mom is like that, Allie, but so she's she's probably (laughs) the one person that you know. But what do you think that percentage is? Ten. Yeah, I'd say pretty close. Eight to ten. What do you think, Ben? I'm going to go. I'm going to go twelve. Seven percent. I did yeah. not win the prices right. No, you didn't. Aww. It's okay. We'll keep you anyway. <laughs> it's seven percent of Americans, with the majority of people over the age of sixty-five, who just have no desire whatsoever to get on the internet. And speaking of favors, okay, this is where I'm going to ask you, the listener of Tech Refresh, to do me a huge favor. 
If you love Tech Refresh like we do, don't we, everyone? Yes, we do. We love it. Is that we need you to subscribe. We need you to follow us uh, on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because if you don't do this, and if we don't get a lot of listeners, if we don't get a lot of followers, well, we just might have to talk to each other without recording it, and that wouldn't be very much fun. And so, again, just if, if you love the show, even if you don't, even if you don't like the show, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just go ahead and hit subscribe and hit follow. Okay, Mike, back to you. Thank you, Kim. Later on, Mac versus PC. Yes, we're going to really go there. Also, Google Chat is replacing Hangouts. What you need to know, brand new or not true, is just ahead. And much, much more. It's Tech Refresh from Kim Commando and Friends. We're back on the Tech Refresh podcast with Kim Commando and friends uh, from Commando.com. Later on, we're going to tell you about a guy saying hi to a dog with a computer. And before we get to brand new or not true, we have a quick trip uh, that we want to share with you, Ben. Okay, so even though the capability to put photos on your TV has been around for years, it's still not a very straightforward process because it all depends on where your pictures are stored and the device you're trying to mirror them to. So one of the easiest ways is AirPlay. If you have an iPhone or an iPad along with an Apple TV or a newer smart TV that's compatible, just swipe down on the top of your iPhone to open up the control center, tap AirPlay, and look for the streaming box or TV to show up on a list of available devices, and then tap it to connect. Uh, Same goes for a standalone Chromecast or smart TV with that tech built in. On an iPhone or Android, just open the Google Photos app and look for the option at the top right called Cast. Find your Chromecast on that list to get started. And if you're on a computer, you can also cast to your TV using Google's Chrome browser. Uh, A bunch of newer Sony TVs run Android TV, which is soon to be Google TV. And that's going to be natively, meaning you won't need additional hardware to cast to those. Other brands like LG and TCL have apps you can download that let you uh, view your photos on TV without needing to connect your phone. And that also includes Roku, which lets you download apps like Google Photos and Shutterfly. We have step-by-step directions at commando.com for the options I just mentioned and ways to check out the photos on other TV brands like Vizio and Samsung. Thank you, Ben. It's time now for America's National Game Show Sensation, where you can play and guess, is it brand new or not true? Every week, literally thousands of new products, sites, apps, and services are announced in the technology world. Some are destined for greatness, others, well, they go right down the toilet. Oftentimes, the product sounds so crazy, outlandish, and ridiculous, you sit back and think, what were they thinking? And before you know it, uh, tech just created another millionaire. We'll present you with uh, the Home Lister with three products, sites, or ideas, and it's up to you to decide which two are fake and brings us to one real product. Allie has the products, product number one. Well, first, you know I love a theme. This week's theme is if you have $400 extra to spend, I have some things to sell you. All right, product number one. 2020 was the year for chess. Did either of you watch The Queen's Gambit? I did. Well, lots of people did, and lots of people started playing chess. And chess is one of those games that you can play your whole life and never be truly great. So what if you want to become a master and you don't really have anybody to show you how to play? Chess Up is a virtual teacher. It is a connected chessboard with a built-in instructor, analysis, built-in opponents, all wrapped into one thing. How does it work? Well, you learn as you play. When you touch a piece on the chessboard, 
the different moves you can make are highlighted in different colors, each representing how good or bad of a move that is. So with level one, you get the basics. So you get red and green, red for bad moves, green for good. But level three, they introduce blue. So that's kind of the in-between, like you could do it, not your best move. As you get better, the coaching gets more specific. By level five, you're seeing bad moves, good moves, or the very best moves you can make. And yes, because it's connected, that means you can play with other people too. So you can find opponents that have your same kind of skill level. You can even play with friends if they have one. And it's all based on what your level is. And if you want to play ranked games, all the all the assistance gets turned off. So this bad boy will cost you $389. Got it. Product number two. Coffee. Coffee is such a personal thing. And we're all so picky about how we like our morning cup of coffee, right? There's a very specific way I like mine. Why not let the coffee maker do the work for you? Breville, they make the Nespresso. They just introduced their smartest coffee maker yet. It's called the Smart Barista. And it's one of those single-serve coffee makers that works with pods. And it serves up your favorite cup of coffee every morning. It allows you to program coffee orders for up to 10 different people. It's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi enabled. And it picks up the signal from your phone or your smartwatch so that when you hit brew, it knows it's you and it knows what to make you. Use the app. It works with Android and iOS to put in your orders that you like. You can set up multiple. Uh, you can have a default. Or if you want to set up lots of different orders you like, go up to your machine, um, click it, and you can choose from them. You can set up automatic brewing if you want, say, to walk down at 6 a.m. and your coffee's ready for you. Um, again, it uses pods and different water combinations to make the espresso strong enough for a latte, maybe like an Americano, and it all brews in about 30 seconds. Again, not cheap. This is $359.99. Okay. The pods. So does it have, like, accept 10 pods with 10 cups in it? or The 10 is for you can program 10 different users. So you can, you know, you you can, um, I, think it, I think it keeps five. But, yeah, you have to go in and replace those. Yes. All right. Third product. Ben, you have talked about several times this combination camp stove and oven. Well, that is going to go to the bottom of your outdoor wish list, and this is going to replace it. It's called Chill, and it's an outdoor all-in-one that's going to make everybody at the campground or, you know, tailgating or whatever think that you're awesome. It's got three main functions. It's a portable AC unit, a cooler, and a speaker. So portable AC units, those are cool. See what I did there? Um, But they only do the one thing. Chill also adds a place to keep your drinks cold and built-in speakers because when you're outside, having music makes everything better. So Chill puts out cold air up to 35 degrees below the outside temperature. It's got three fan speeds, so you can pick whatever you want. The battery lasts about six hours on a full charge using the lowest fan speed. That's the AC. But then you open it up and you've got 38 quarts of cooler space. That's enough for like 50 drinks and ice, which is not bad. And then there's the music. It's got two built-in 4.5-inch speakers, Bluetooth-enabled, It's got a nice little LED control panel on the front, uh, and it even comes with a remote. It's got wheels, cup holders. You can drain out the ice, all the normal cooler stuff. Uh, It comes in five colors, and this is $399.99. Okay, we've got our three products. Uh, Two are fake, and one is real. Oh, I think that makes it quite a bit easier. No, I say that, I'll still lose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's hear what you have to say. <laughs> Let's start with the uh, product number three, Chill AC. The the Chill is has a cooler in it, it has speakers in it. It's three hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, I'm going to say that is a fake product. Uh, product number two, the uh, coffee, the Smart Barista, 
with uh, multiple settings and you can um, have like multiple people in your house, but have a a cup of coffee made when they come down. I don't know. It's a little bit complicated to me. I'm going to say that's false as well. I'm the, you're right. The big year for chess was last year. So there's lots of probably tech solutions to teach people how to play and some strategies on how to play. So I'm going to say that uh, chess up teaches you to play check chess and that's the real product. Okay. So I have my own thoughts and I don't know, Mike, if I've ever like agreed with you across the board, this might be. He always does. Well, okay. So uh I'm familiar with certain coolers with capabilities like, you know, speakers and things like that. The, the air conditioner seems to add an element to it. it's like, you know, just lots of caveats. Like you can only use it can use it in a tent because it's not, it doesn't seem like it would do a whole lot just in the outdoors. And, and I mean, so I don't know. Sounds like there are too many question marks there. The coffee maker, too many things I can poke holes with. I mean, lots of users, but still requires a lot of setup potentially. And maybe I misunderstood a few things, but that, you know, just doesn't, doesn't really, I don't know. It doesn't add up. So now chess, that sounds even with, without what I just pointed out, it sounds like the most believable of everything. Now I know Allie in the past has tried to throw me off by making the most believable thing. Yeah. There's something exactly yeah. like this, but it doesn't have one of the things. That- so there's going to be some, so I know there's like some reverse psychology going on here, but I'm still going to say that, yes, I think chess up or whatever it's called is the real product and the other two are fake. Yes. Let's start with the barista. Man, I wish that was real. Wouldn't that be really cool if you could just come down and your perfect coffee was there? No, that's fake. Uh, Breville does have a pretty cool smart coffee maker, but not quite that cool. (laughs) All right. Between two. And I am happy to say you're both right. Oh, well done. All right. We win once in a while, especially against Allie's products are always really tough. For the record, Ben and Mike, there is a two-in-one AC unit and cooler. It's actually pretty cool. Ben, I'll send it to you. I think you'd probably buy it. Okay. Is it made by Coolest? That's, there's like companies called, they make the Coolest Cooler. Of course, you know the name of it. <laughs> I don't think it's made by Coolest. Uh, and there are speaker-enabled coolers, but darn, looks like all three doesn't come in one package yet. Yeah. We have all these great ideas that with it, that always ends with yet. I don't know why we're not doing anything about that. Are you guys chess players? I've, I've tried a couple times. No. It's like golf. It's just not for me. There's a lot of uh, great online chess players if you want to get uh, really smart and, and learn about chess. At any rate, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Brand New or Not True. Thanks to Ben and Allie. And up next, we take a deep dive. We're talking well, Mac versus PC. Now, I think Ben's got some ideas on mac Allie, are you a pc person or a mac person oh lucky for you i'm both you are okay yeah. perfect so we'll get into that in just a bit it's tech refresh with kim commando and friends Welcome back to Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends from Commando.com. Every week, we give you the inside scoop on what's going on in tech so you can be the source of tech information for your friends and family. This week, it's a look at Mac versus PC. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'll start. For years, I've been set in my ways when it comes to computers. I've always been a Windows guy, at least most of the time. 
Nothing against Max. I mean, when I was part of the newspaper team in high school and college, all we'd use is Macs. Even here at the office, I use a Mac. But at home, I've always owned a PC, whether a desktop or a laptop. And it's always been pretty easy for me to explain why. For one, I'm not a graphic designer. So that's one reason I didn't need a Mac. And that's always, they'd say that for years, like, well, you know, you need a Mac if you're a graphic designer or whatever. Well, I'm not. So the other is that, you know, when I've, when I've shopped around for these things, it's always been you get more computer for the money with a PC, whether it's, you know, bigger hard drive, a faster processor, more RAM, bigger screen, whatever, uh, for hundreds of dollars less than a Mac, maybe even more. So these days, though, my argument doesn't really hold as much weight because I've been on an iPhone for more than a decade. And I almost always upgrade those like every year, every other year. So it doesn't really justify why I've never done that with a computer, at least gotten a Mac that's going to last for a few years. And what I hear is you talking yourself into buying more stuff. Well, you know, I I like my (laughs) HP. I really do. But I'm not so sure that when it goes out that I'm just going to automatically go look for a Dell or an HP or you want one of those fancy new M1 MacBooks. I've got one. It's great. My kind of memory lane of computers, I have always had a Mac um, laptop. So the first computer we had in our house when I was a kid, we had a Windows PC. Um, and I've always used Windows computers at work, but my first laptop was a Mac. And so I've always had one. I've had, I don't know, six or something. Um I did just get the new MacBook. It's awesome. It's the best one I've ever had. It's it's really fast. It's great. But I really do like both. Is it light? No, so the Mac, is it lightning speed above a PC? Easier to use? So easy to use is such a good point because I feel like, to me, that's one of the biggest differentiators. If I feel the same way about Android versus iPhone. If someone told me, I've never used a smartphone before, what do I start with? I would say use an iPhone. It's so intuitive. It's so easy to use. Um, And the same thing is true for Apple stuff. All of the Apple software, the interface, it's just really easy to get and really easy to understand right away. Um, With Windows computers, there's just so much more to customize, so much more you can do, so much more trouble you can get yourself into that, you know, Mac is a really user-friendly experience. What do you think, uh, Ben, as far as how computing has changed, I think... A lot of people keep most of their stuff in the cloud now. So would there be an advantage one way or another to go to a PC or a Windows? None, none for that. Um, because, yeah, you're right. Everything gets stored in the cloud these days, whether it's iCloud or Dropbox or, you know, iDrive. So the hard drive, it's important these days as long as it's an SSD because that's still going to kick up your computer faster, whether it's a Mac or a PC. So, I mean, I still think that's they're pretty much on even ground, even though Apple is going to charge a little bit more for their version or, you know, however. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you pay the Apple tax, right? It's it's more expensive because it's cool. But, uh-huh. you know, so you pay for that. Um, that's a good point, Mike. And I think, too, like, I don't care about storage space anymore on a computer. Right. It, it matters way less than how fast is this thing? How much power does it have? That's so much more important now. Because like you said, so much is just not actually stored well, on the computer. My hesitation with a with the with an iPhone over like an Android phone has always been well iPhone anything you want you know an app a lot of times they charge for them rather than Android is free so do you have any expenses by getting an Apple computer after you first purchase it? 
Well, I had to get... I use an Android phone, so I did have to sign up for iCloud again. It's, you know, a dollar a month just so that I can sync my files on my computer. Uh Other than that, no. Um, I feel like now for the most part, and I just see this when we write about different apps and stuff for the website, I feel like the pricing is pretty consistent across. So if they're going to charge you now on Android, they're probably charging you on iPhone. So, you know, I think um, iPhones are usually, if an app is brand new, It'll probably be on iPhone before it's on Android. So that's one plus. You get stuff first. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Seen or things that, that are only ever, you know, iPhone apps. Yeah. Well, if I if I do end up going for the Mac, the one thing that I, I, I really am looking forward to is the, the handoff between the iPhone and the Mac and the iPad. You know, maybe I'm working on one or I do, you know, or I'll get a message that pops up on my Mac that came from my phone. I just, you know, the platforms I use now are just so different they just they can't really they just don't really work together and i'm looking for that seamless experience it's tech refresh podcast with kim commando and friends one of the things we promise every week is to keep you from getting scammed so we take a look at a new scam every week that you need to watch out for and this week it's instagram dms yes be careful if you have an instagram account check your messages folder and see if you have one from an account called copyright help center if you do don't open it because it's a scam It's a message. They're trying to freak you out. This happens on Facebook sometimes. It's basically a message saying that you violated copyright in some way. And so alarm bells go off. Oh, no, what did I do? And you click the link and then, you know, it's a phishing scam. So don't click it. Don't interact with it. If you get this, ignore it. Um, Instagram says we're never going to send you a message like this uh, if we're not even going to send you an email like this. So, you know, there's no two ways about it. These copyright messages, they're always fake. Things you can do to keep your account safe. One, stay away from these things. Just delete it if you get anything like this. And turn on two-factor authentication on your account if you haven't. It's super easy. Uh, Just go into your settings and you'll find it right there. All right. Up next on Tech Refresh from Commander.com, we're going to talk about a guy that actually rigged up some tech to say hello to a dog. It's pretty cool. And that's next again on Tech Refresh with Kim Commando and friends. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tech Refresh podcast, heard exclusively on Kim Commando Explains from Commander.com. If you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button so you get this podcast delivered automatically every Friday with Kim Commando Explains. That also gets you the special feature podcast, including this week's about uh, Jim Fournier. He's the CEO of a company called True, which is a social media platform. They're actually still in beta, so they're just doing testing. Uh, But Kim talks with him about uh, the privacy. We talk a little bit about Facebook and about some of the things that they know about you and then his new platform, which is not collecting information. All right. Now we have a guy that rigged up a computer in a special way. Go ahead. Man, I have gone out of my way to pet people's dogs many, many times in my life, but I've never done anything like this. Now, it's a fact It's not just a feeling. It's science. Petting dogs makes us happy. Cute stuff like dogs and babies and cats. Uh, They release serotonin and dopamine in our brain, so it makes us happier. So a YouTuber, his name is Ryder. He hosts a channel called Ryder Calm Down. He wanted to get some of those feel-good hormones and see other people's dogs, but he didn't want to just sit by the window like a creep uh, waiting for them to walk by. So he made a doggy detector. He used a Raspberry Pi, one of those simple little single-board computers, And he hooked it up to a camera uh, that had AI enabled 
there was object detection. So when the camera saw, hey, there's a dog, he got a notification. He had a speaker up to it. So he got, um, you know, automated text to speech. The voice shouted, there's a dog outside. So then he could go over to the window or go to the door and go see the dog. He also set it up in the reverse so that he put a speaker outside and an automated voice would shout, I like your dog. <laughs> this guy does some really awesome DIY tech projects. Um, his his YouTube channel is really fun. He did one. He made a robot that pours you a glass of wine every time you get a notification on Slack. So if you're sick of working, you'll get a drink. Uh, he made an app that let strangers control his Christmas lights outside uh, he made a Zoom shutdown button, like an emergency button you can play. So he does some pretty cool stuff. That sounds like he's learning a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And he, I'm sure oh, somebody's going to yeah. come along and hire him for some crazy Christmas lights <laughs> or something. Hey, if you'd like to comment about the podcast, good or bad, mostly good, send us an email to podcasts at commander.com. Again, podcasts at commander.com. On behalf of Ben, Allie, Kim, I'm Mike. We'll see you next time. And for the latest digital news and articles anytime, go to commander.com with a K. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. 